98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. Dozens of anti-extradition protesters move into Revenue Tower. The Liberal Party calls for the complete withdrawal of the fugitive bill and a judge agrees to step down over possible bias in the trial of former Exco member Barry Chow. People have started gathering at Revenue Tower in Wan Chai, calling for the complete withdrawal of the government's extradition bill and an independent inquiry into police tactics during the June the 12th clashes. RTHK's Richard Pine is there and joins us live now. Hi, Richard. Uh, hi, Alex. Several dozen demonstrators here in the lobby of Revenue Tower. They've been here since about just after 12 o'clock. Uh, they moved after a brief discussion at the Legco complex before they left for here. Uh, some people I spoke to said this is part of their non-cooperation movement, as the government hasn't uh, re uh, responded to their demands. They also say that this leader leaderless movement that they're a part of is uh, much more effective as uh, the police have no one to target. There was some pushing and shoving near the entrance where people tried to leave for lunch, but now there's a, a dedicated exit for staff through the car park, it seems, and the protesters just seem to be uh, chanting near the entrance for the time being. Uh, that's all from here. Back to you in the studio. Thanks to Richard Pine there, and we'll have more updates on that throughout the afternoon. Activist Anna Demasisto, Secretary General Joshua Wong, expressed hope that those affected by today's protests wouldn't blame the demonstrators for any inconvenience. People might try to organise different kind of assembly on different government's buildings. With their action, it might result in certain kind of inconvenience, but I still hope uh, citizens in Hong Kong, they could understand it's not because of activists, our protesters love to organize or join different kinds of action. It's because how Hong Kong government ignore the voice of people. It results in actions still continue within the last few days and also in the next few weeks. Liberal Party leader Felix Chong has called for an independent inquiry into complaints of police violence on the 12th of June when clashes broke out near Legco building over the government's extradition bill. Millions of people have taken to the streets this month over the matter, which would have allowed suspects to be sent to the mainland. Mr Chong said the inquiry should also look at the entire extradition saga since June and whether there was foreign interference. He says the government should announce the complete withdrawal of the bill to reassure the public. People are still asking um, to withdraw the whole bill rather than just a suspended. But the actual fact, whether it's suspended or withdrew, the result is the same. So it's probably just, just a wording problem. I, I, I hope the government shouldn't be that stubborn to just keep on saying that it's suspended, but actually the, the, the end result is equal to withdraw. The Civil Human Rights Front says it's going to hold a rally at Edinburgh Place in Central on Wednesday evening to urge world leaders attending the G20 summit to speak out on Hong Kong. President Xi Jinping will be among those at the meetings in Osaka later this week. The Front says conflicts in society can only be reduced when the chief executive is elected through universal suffrage. Bonnie Leung is a spokesman for the group. Hong Kong people uh, in the past two weeks, we had shown to the world that uh, we are doing our best to fight for our own freedom, for our rule of law, for our human rights. And that is not enough because Carrie Lam and her government and also the police force, they are not backing up too much. They are only shallowly apologizing without real actions. Therefore, we want to uh, use this opportunity of G20 summit to urge all the world leaders uh, and all the individuals around the world, please write to your uh, politicians, write to your leaders, saying that you support Hong Kong. 
However, Assistant Foreign Minister Zhang Jun says China will not allow any discussion on Hong Kong at the G20 summit. Mr Zhang said the forum is to focus on global economic issues and Hong Kong's affairs are a matter only for China. Meanwhile, a China analyst says President Xi Jinping is obviously tremendously unhappy with the performance of the chief executive, Carrie Lam, following the protests sparked by her efforts to amend the extradition law. Protesters have dropped demands for Mrs Lam to resign, saying it's more important that she scrap the bill and set up an independent inquiry into police action. Professor Willie Lam says Beijing is unlikely to remove Mrs Lam, but the power vacuum created by her lame duck government could encourage more mainland interference. I think she has become a lame duck and the lame duck administration could go on even for the rest of her three-year term. But this is very bad for Hong Kong because Hong Kong at this stage requires a very dynamic leader to pull us through the political crisis and also to face immense uh, economic and social challenges. This power vacuum is particularly bad because the Communist Party of Hong Kong, which is represented by the centralist novice, might take advantage of the power vacuum to step in and to assume more power and initiative. Turning to other news now, and a district court judge who was originally going to preside over the fraud trial of former executive councillor Barry Jern has agreed to remove himself over claims he holds apparent bias. Cecil Wong reports. Lawyers for Mr. Cheung had applied for Judge Stanley Chan to step down over the case, to which the prosecution later agreed. They were upset that the judge seemed to be happy when a co-defendant who had pleaded guilty turned to testify against Mr. Cheung. But as much as the judge stressed that he was just encouraging people to cooperate with authorities, he ruled today that he has to reluctantly grant leave to the joint recusal application from both the prosecution and defense. He said he does not want the case to be sidetracked by the issue and hopes the trial can proceed without further delay. The case has now been adjourned to January, with a new judge to be named. Mr. Cheung, who's 61, is accused of defrauding the Securities and Futures Commission and allegedly cheated a firm out of $30 million. Scientists from around the world are meeting in Germany to explore how carbon dioxide emissions that are overheating the planet could also be put to useful purposes, including for commercial gain. Here's the BBC's Roger Harabin. As the world switches towards clean energy to help stave off dangerous overheating, it's been thought that some energy-intensive industries may still need to burn gas to make their products. Until recently, it was assumed they'd need to capture the resulting carbon emissions and bury them underground. But that is inefficient and costly, so inventors are finding ways of utilising CO2 as a valuable raw material. Some pioneer firms in the UK say they're already making a profit by turning CO2 into building blocks, fertilisers and bubbles for fizzy drinks. At least 14 people have been killed and 50 others injured in western India when a thunderstorm caused a large tent to collapse. Officials said hundreds of locals had gathered for a Hindu religious event in Rajasthan. More from the BBC's Gareth Barlow. As the tent collapsed under the force of the wind and rain, those packed inside were hit by debris or electrocuted after falling tent poles severed power lines. Rescue workers used heavy machinery to clear the wreckage as people rushed to tear through the tent's fabric to reach those trapped beneath. Local authorities say an investigation is already underway. As the crisis between Iran and the United States intensifies, Tehran has warned that its decision to reduce its compliance with the 2015 nuclear deal is irreversible. Here's the BBC's Chris Buckler. 
I think as this week begins, there is a real sense that the international community is concerned about what is going to happen next. There has been praise in some quarters for President Trump for showing restraint and not going ahead with that military strike last week on Iranian targets because there was a fear that that could really spark serious conflict. But there are still real flashpoints in the week ahead. First of all, we've had these cyber attacks on Iranian military installations, for example, which is going to upset Tehran. Beyond that, the placement of new sanctions, which we're going to get the details of in the hours ahead, are also going to anger the Iranian leadership. Turkey's governing party has lost control of Istanbul after a controversial rerun of the city's mayoral election. The opposition candidate, Ekrem Imamulu from the Secular Republican People's Party, won a narrow victory in the March poll, but this was annulled by the electoral authorities after complaints of irregularities from President Erdogan's AK party. Mr Imamulu sounded a positive note in a lively speech to supporters. <laughs> This society will be greeted with freedoms. This society will also fix wrongdoing. You'll see. I have faith in our people. I also believe that people have faith in democracy. I thank our president, Tayyip Erdogan, and my rival, who congratulated me. A crowdfunding website has closed an account raising money for the Australian rugby player who was sacked for posting homophobic messages on social media. GoFundMe said it had decided the campaign for Israel Folau violated its terms and conditions. Here's the BBC's Howell Griffith. Launched last week, the campaign to support Israel Folau had raised nearly half a million dollars, which he said would be used to take Rugby Australia to the courts. The player insists that he's become the victim of discrimination for expressing his religious beliefs in condemning gay people. But today the GoFundMe website has closed the account and said it will issue refunds for all donors, having decided the campaign violates its terms and conditions. Hundreds of thousands of demonstrators in the Czech capital Prague have demanded that the Prime Minister, Andrei Babish, step down. The billionaire businessman is facing a criminal investigation into fraud allegations. Some protesters carried EU flags and banners saying, resign and we won't give up democracy. This man explained why he wanted the leader to step down. We think that it's dangerous if the things will stay how they are now. It's like this Prime Minister Babish, he just trying to kind of take over, control over the whole country and it can be dangerous in the future. Mr Babish denies any wrongdoing. Australian researchers say killer whales have been discovered who communicate among themselves with Australian accents. From Sydney, here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. It's an Australian accent like you've never heard before. An acoustic study has found the call repertoires of orcas off Western Australia's Bremer Basin aren't the same as those found elsewhere, including in Antarctica. The differences were discovered in sound waves recorded in the wild waters of the Southern Ocean. Researchers say what these apex predators are communicating remains a mystery. Currencies now, and the US dollar is trading at 107.838 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 13 cents, while the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 96 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 28,517, 49 points up on the previous close. Now, with the latest sports news, here's Adam Jung. 
Hong Kong's top cyclist Sarah Lee has claimed a second gold medal at the Kupfer Sprint Cup in Germany with victory in the Kirin. The 32-year-old beat a field of elite riders that included mainland rivals Zhong Tianxi and Lin Junhong. Lee wrapped up her campaign in Germany with three medals in total, having won gold in the sprint and a silver in the 500-meter time trial. The 2012 Olympic bronze medalist is in tremendous form, having also won double gold in a similar event in the Czech Republic last week. On to football now. Host France have made it through to the quarterfinals of the Women's World Cup after a tight game against Brazil. Defender and captain Amadine Henri redirected a free kick in the second half of extra time to win it for France by a score of two to one. England have also progressed to the last eight, but their three-nil win was overshadowed by the use of the video assistant referee and the behavior of the Cameroon team. VAR determined England's second goal by Ellen White was not offside. It also disallowed a Cameroon goal for offside, leading to the African side seemingly unwilling to resume play. The England manager Phil Neville says he had no sympathy for Cameroon. The image is going out worldwide about how to act. That's there's a young girls that's playing all over the world that are seeing that behaviour. For me, it's not right, and I can't stand here and say it's fantastic, it's brilliant. There's a bigger picture here. There's a certain standard of behaviour that you've got to do. My players did that, and I'm proud. Now to the men's Copa America, where Lionel Messi avoided another disappointment with the national team as Argentina escaped elimination in the group stage. The BBC's Alistair Ross has details. Argentina have spared themselves considerable embarrassment by beating Qatar 2-0 at the Copa America. They sat bottom of their group after the opening two games. Even a draw would have seen them finish bottom and been eliminated. Lionel Messi joined in the lineup by several Premier League stars, including Man City's Nicolas Otamendi and Sergio Aguero. It wasn't until eight minutes from time that Aguero scored the second to make the game safe. It's a result that eliminates guest participants Qatar and coupled with Colombia. Earlier 1-0 win over Paraguay also qualifies Argentina, Peru and Uruguay for the knockout stages. Pakistan have eliminated South Africa from the Cricket World Cup after beating them by 49 runs at Lords. The win keeps alive Pakistan's hopes of a top four finish and with it a place in the semi-finals. Today, Bangladesh must beat Afghanistan if they're to stand a chance of qualifying for the semis. The Afghans are already out of contention. And that's your look at sports. And now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. Dozens of anti-extradition protesters move into Revenue Tower. The Liberal Party calls for the complete withdrawal of the fugitive bill, and a judge agrees to step down over possible bias in the trial of former Exco member Barry Chern. The news from RTHK. Turn around, maybe it's none of my business, but for now work it out, let's get this dollar. 